Good morning, tacos. Welcome to the 150th Taco Cast. In today's episode, we're going to be sitting down with Senior Master Sergeant Sander, uh, the first shirts, and we're going to be talking with a group of student fighters about intergenerational communication. Uh, we have Samantha, Michael, Lauren, Aaron, other Michael, and Tyler here. My name is Senior Airman Beckley, and uh, let's get us started. So from our young folks, are you feeling like we fed you a line of nonsense when we said this is the way the world is? And then from our older folks, have you gotten so far beyond being the next generation that you've forgotten that you were disillusioned? What's your, uh, you've got the mic, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you just said. Um, I definitely think that it's almost like a coming of age thing is um, like kind of questioning what's what you've been taught and kind of trying to forge your own path through it because as you grow up as you said uh, between the right and wrong and the system is good don't go against the system and all that stuff when you come of age like I have definitely experienced this I've looked up and I've said well why are we doing this this isn't accomplishing um, anything good that I've been raised to think is good or why is this happening this isn't accomplishing uh, this is accomplishing something that's bad that I've been raised and I believe is bad yes and I definitely agree that it's probably every generation has thought of that, has gone through that as they've grown up. And I definitely agree that it, um, it's probably something that you forget about as you've aged and matured and you've kind of come to terms with things mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like the current ruling generation, we feel threatened by the, the young adults that are coming up and looking at us like, who has been in charge and what on earth have you been doing? Well, what do you mean, what have we been doing? We're dealing with all of these issues, and how dare you threaten us? We feel threatened. And so we shut the door on that communication. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? And then we'll pass the mic. Um, I do agree with that. And um, something that has come up that's been very controversial, I think one of the biggest dividing factors, um, one of the two biggest dividing factors between younger generations like uh, millennials and Generation Z to probably Generation X and uh, boomers is um, the two biggest things are probably the environment and the wealth gap. And people are looking in the environment, young people specifically are going, look at like what, what's happening here, like this deforestation or whatever. And uh, we can look at Flint, Michigan, their water is still a disaster. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, what are you guys doing to take care of this? You guys aren't helping the environment. You guys have gone through your lives just hurting it. And it's like, well, we wanna change that. And then uh, with the wealth gap, I believe I saw somewhere that um, boomers still hold like like 50% of the wealth in America or something like that. And then it's uh, the silent generation and then it's generation X. So there's still an identifiable wealth gap saying like, well, you guys have controlled like all the wealth and you therefore like kind of controlled the narrative of things. and uh, I see those two topics as the biggest dividing things between the generations like mm -hmm. that. Um, I think one of the biggest things is uh, global warming. I remember when I was growing up as a kid, Al Gore running for president. I, I don't know if any of you know, uh, but that was w one of his whole like camp um, campaign pitches was uh, global warming, you know, and a, a lot of people just laughed at him. They made jokes about it, you know, and even even as a kid, well, watching South Park, making fun of Al Gore, you know, looking at, 
it was just a huge it was just a huge joke you know and uh then well oopsie daisy it turns out it's a it's a real thing <laughs> so well crap well what are we gonna do well i guess florida is going to be underwater in a few years um i think that's one of the biggest things that i've that i've seen anyways mm-hmm. especially with the age age gap because a lot of older people are like like what what are you talking about this is they're like and a lot of younger people are like look at what's going on right now mm-hmm. and technology again has been a huge thing in that mm-hmm. you know we uh just getting stuff to you seeing all this stuff r- happening in real time has changed the narrative on that uh yes. beforehand back in back in the 90s if there was a fire in the amazon you wouldn't hear about it for like a month right and now if there's with the fire in the amazon you saw the first first few trees burning so right. with i think that's one of the biggest things that i've i've definitely seen okay michael we'll get to you i see you've got something but um so if you would please mm-hmm. talk to me about you're in the generation where you've got a foot in each you're in the establishment and you're in the coming of age so you guys are going to be the leading edge of the next generations coming up going what have you been doing it's a mess and you told us everything was fine um do you ever do you ever experience do you think that you see that animosity um do you ever feel threatened by that uh yes and no like i I was raised i i I was raised by boomers my my parents were uh my parents were born at the uh the end of the 50s very beginning of the 60s Mm -hmm. and i was raised by my grandparents for um most of my um uh pre-adult life uh so i I was i was raised i was raised by boomers okay Uh, so i and then having to grow up I didn't start getting technology or anything like that until after, till the tail end of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my first laptop until I was already in the army. <laughs> uh, and just seeing, I definitely get uh, back and forth from both ends because I grew up without any of that. And then all of a sudden I have to learn how to use all of it right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have kids growing up that have had it since since they were born mm-hmm. you know his three-year-old is addicted to a uh, phone and and a tablet so let me ask you this we keep coming back to the technology and the the hardware differences but i, I really want us to focus on the communication so answer me this and michael i promise i won't forget you and you you're making notes too so we'll get to you um the the recent young lady greta help me out with her last thunberg. name thunberg mm-hmm. um She's a teenager, isn't she? How old yes. is she? She's still in high school, I she's think. She's still in high school, yeah, like 14. 14. So how did you personally react to the passion in her delivery about what she saw is, what the heck have you been doing? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think you should feel threatened by it. She, she has an opinion. She's very passionate about it. Um, you know, you shouldn't uh, feel th- threatened by somebody's opinion you should let them express it okay un- 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 unless their opinion is directly 
uh, directly attacking you as an individual, then, you know, it's, it's her, it's, she's very passionate about what's going on. I don't see why you should feel threatened. If anything, it's just like, well, okay, that's touche. You, you got us. So kind of going off of what you said about like, um, like Greta and kind of everything we've been talking about. Um, I think it's a two sided subject where it's not like one team can fix it and change it and make it better where when we like i was again i was born on like kind of the line when we look at like what have you been doing like realistically we've done things we've done a lot like the older generations have laid fantastic grounds for us and yes they may have gone through some things and may have done things not the best that we could have with our current knowledge but we didn't have the current knowledge at the time and so we've got to appreciate what's been laid for us but also understand there's better ways to do it and how we can improve and then the older generation needs to appreciate what they've done and and respect what they've done but also under, understand that there's better ways to improve it now and to go about it and so when like Greta came in and she had this opinion I I liked that she had opinion I liked that she was given a voice I also I also didn't dislike that she had a lot of anger in it where she's so angry at the older generations it's like I understand you're frustrated and we there were some things that weren't done properly but with your current knowledge, it, they didn't have that at the time. So when you look back at it, you think, okay, without maybe the foundations of our of the older generations, what they've laid for us, we may not even have what we currently have to, with our technology and may not have the knowledge that we have. So understanding and appreciating that and then moving forward into a newer age, a better age, and growing off of that foundation, that's what needs to happen. And so it takes a two-sided like conversation. It takes both parties to give a little bit and accept a little bit and appreciate so that's kind of my two cents on that yeah i would agree with you uh, i think for me it comes down to respect on both sides of a conversation what you got michael okay um so in you know regards to what you had brought up you know there was greta thunberg who mm -hmm. you know climate activist mm -hmm. um you know I, i'm i'm in agreement here that you know i think it's wonderful that she that she has an opinion um that she cares so heavily about this issue because you know we do only have one planet um, and in, in regards to that, as well as, um, you know, you had mentioned, you know, that you looking at the generations before you, like, what have you guys been doing? Yes. What, if, what, what, what is going on here? Yes. Um, I think that, uh, I think that it's a little bit of a coming of age thing. Um, not long ago, you know, I was 18 years old coming out of high school. Um, and even like Greta, Thorn Greta Thornburg, she's, you know, a teenager. She's uh, 14 years old, which, uh. It's not. Uh, it's not something that should be discounted. You don't discount someone's mind. Yes. Um, just based off of their age, you know, or any other factor. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there is, and this, I, I mean, it's happened to me. Um, you know, there's that common saying that, oh, you're you're young and you know everything, um, which is a little bit condescending. But it I is. do feel like there is a little bit of truth to it. Um, and what that is is it's the oversimplification of things. Yes. Um, you you do feel that you have all of this knowledge that you freshly learned. Um, you know, you're hearing of all these wonderful things that can be done that aren't being done. Um, and you, you feel like, uh, like, like people are just purposely n ignoring it. Um, and then as you start to grow older, as you start to, you know, get out of your teens, um, you know, whatever your life choice or your life path is, whether you start working and, you know, you... Um, develop knowledge through conversation you uh, you decide that you like a subject and you start to research it on your own or you go and take college classes uh, everybody has a different path 
but you start to realize that things aren't that simple. Um, you start to realize that, you know, there's logistics involved. Um, you know, money has to come from somewhere. Um, I think it was mentioned earlier, you know, the, the wage gap would be another one. Um, you know, uh, I remember a younger me was very, very upset about that, um, was, you know, up in arms, you know, on, on a personal opinion of, yes, wealth redistribution, that would be a great thing, which from a very simple standpoint, it sounds like a great thing. Um, an older me understands that there, there is actually a reason um, that there is this wealth gap. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not it is a good reason, I mean, that's a matter of opinion. Um, and, y you know, um, while I was for in that specific subject, uh, you know, redistribution at the time, um, I've now come to value, you know, through working many jobs and getting established in, in a career path, um, I've started to value, you know, the money that I earn, um, mm -hmm. the money that I'm able to put in the bank. Right. And um, while I, I do want, you know, things to be better, the playing field to be more equal, so to speak, um, if I'm going to value, you know, my property and things that I've earned, I, I also need to value that same right in someone else. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting that as you gain some experience, I, I really want to understand how we communicate what you've learned by experience, sorry, I shouldn't point at people, um, to the passion that comes with our guys that are just coming of age so that it stops being anim animosity and it, we start leveraging your experience and your passion. How do we do that? Well, um, one thing is, is um, I do think that there's been a large value put on emotion. Um, whereas people are, and the, this is just a very shallow way of, of stating it quickly, um, people are thinking much more with their hearts than with their minds. Not to say they aren't using their minds, mm -hmm. um, but you know, whenever people start to feel that if they say something aggressively or you know, with tears rolling down their face, that, you know, that, that could be a powerful communication tool, that doesn't mean you're more correct. True. Um, so, so I think that what would need to be communicated is that we, re we respect your opinion. We, we respect your mind. Mm -hmm. um, we would like, you know, I personally, I, I should say, I would personally prefer it whenever somebody, whether it be older or younger, um, comes to me not threatening me with, uh, oh, you're younger than me, so you don't know. Um, oh, you don't care about this, uh, so, so you don't matter. Um, it'd be more of a, a logical discussion of, you know, this, you know, A and B are happening. Um, we have ways to address it. This is how I feel it should happen. And it should be an open dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, whenever you start to get emotions involved, it's, it's, a, it's a quick way to get people to not take you seriously because the, the, it, it pulls away from your logic, from what you are actually bringing, you know, the meat and potatoes of the meal. Right, right. Um, whenever you are behind flashes of anger or, you know, extreme sadness. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, in, in a logical discussion, I mean, emotion really doesn't have a place. So the passion um, for your subject can actually impede your effective communication. Most definitely. And okay. the, the ability for, I mean, we're in a conversation about generational differences um, where, you know, people around your age group, we also mentioned, you know, tribe mentality, mm -hmm. may very much be right there with you and have that same emotional pull. Mm -hmm. you're, you're really going to push away people who, who don't value 
that form of communication. Right. Right. Um, whereas an actual discussion with facts, logic, mm-hmm. um, and open dialogue, that's, that's you know, the ability to say, you know, I'm going to talk, now you talk. Right. Um, rather than I'm just going to overpower this, this conversation. Um, which is, it all comes down to respect. That, that big R word. It's yes. just you know, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, I think, a way that um, we could bridge the gap between all generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, respect and dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with yeah. you. Miss Lauren, you got notes. What have you got? <laughs> I just I think it's 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 an interesting. I love what we're talking about, and so Me that's too. that's why I'm over here taking notes because I I feel like I do have a lot to say. And good when I when I look back at me turning 17, 18, yes, there was so much questioning, and mm-hmm. so I look back on that, and it was now 10 years ago, and it's just like okay, wow. But then I also look, and I'm still questioning. Good. And I think that is our responsibility to continue the questioning, and I think that's where things are getting lost, is as soon as we stop that questioning, I think we start looking, and that's where we get threatened by other people questioning, because we stopped. And so I think that's where, that's our responsibility, Uh is age is at the number of questioning. Uh You should be questioning through your entire life. Those questions are gonna get bigger, they're gonna get different, they're gonna change as you grow, which is important, Uh but, I think that is one of the most important things is the continuation of the the questioning because I think the the threat is from not necessarily somebody questioning but the lack of the questioning. Right. Um, you so know that's a really good point. I think if I'm understanding you correctly, we start to feel threatened when we uh, we're not well, how do I want to s- I recognize what you're saying and I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Um, when I get complacent, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm tired of questioning, you know, because it takes a lot of energy yeah. to take on the world and all of the wrongs. And we, you start to get complacent. Absolutely. And I can see where I've decided in my life that I'm comfortable and that I can't, I can't f- make any progress on the, the wrongs that I see in the world anymore. And it could, make, it could make you be threatened by someone who's keeping an open mind. So to, regardless of our age, we can keep that communication being productive if we're always questioning, if we're, we're open to new ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, it, it's not going to be an age thing, like you said. If we're, yeah. if we're sitting here and you bring up a good question, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's exactly what I've been questioning. Or here's my rebuttal to that. Here's what I've been researching because, because I've been questioning. Yeah. There's, just, there's so much more room for learning and that knowledge and growing that is important for everybody. Yeah, um, that's I, really important. I think with that comes that respect. If mm-hmm. if we see everybody else learning with us, we don't we don't feel like they're just living with off their experiences. Yes. They are actually continuously growing with us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a huge thing. And I also wanted to kind of touch on uh, Baca talked a little bit about media and how important it was with the communication and now everything's kind of happening faster. Yes. And yes, we I think that's going to just benefit us in the long run because we're the first kind of generation to be able to see that news happening fast. Mm-hmm. And we get to kind of grow up on that and being in PA and I was a communications major, getting to see that will only help us we have that experience. So we kind of we kind of know how to continuously run that, always keeping everybody in the loop. Because mm-hmm. again, people are questioning. If we're keeping them in the loop, then it's a good thing. So for me, mm-hmm. that's an asset. 
I want you on my team as we are problem solving because my brain is not programmed and not young enough to be able to process the amount of information that is coming at me from all the media outlets. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we're smart, and I, when I say if, if we, I mean my generation or the current leadership generation, mm -hmm. if we're smart, if we're open to actually engaging with an issue rather than just maintaining the status quo, Absolutely. we're going to be looking for people who can, <coughs> can manage that flow of information and Absolutely. putting you in the place where you're the most effective part of the team. And so, I really love what you say about both respect. It's not just a, it's not a generational thing anymore. It mm -hmm. has to go both ways. Right. And exactly. so, yes, I was raised to respect my elders, but I have to earn that respect and run with it too. So yeah. I think that yeah. both ways thing is what he was talking about with respect being the big R word. I think that's huge. Yeah, the big R word. Um, I do think um, as far as communication between all generations again, um, I think uh, a valuable tool would be some way getting the message across that um, just because somebody disagrees with you or thinks you're wrong, it's not an insult. Yes. Um, it's not a personal attack. Yes. A lot of people do take it personally. It seems nowadays whenever they are either incorrect or perceived to be incorrect, mm -hmm. um, like, like as if somebody's insulting their intelligence, and yes. that's just, that's not the case. Right. So I know for the majority of us in this room, we're all pretty fresh into the military. Um, I've only been in for five years, so I'm not that long in either. But um, how, do, how do you guys, have you seen this in the military, this generational barrier? Have you seen this communication barrier in the military? Because there, there, there is a huge one. Um, and perfect example is one of the best new tools for in the Air Force, in my opinion, is the, the AF Connect app. It brings like so much to your, your fingertips. Um, in terms of it as an app, it's not the most intuitive app. It's not the newest app. But just in terms of like bringing the Air Force to a new standard on technology and accessibility. Like I did the um, this, this green dot training and all these people kept asking about like, where are your resources, where are your resources? And there's so many resources and like they're all in that app and nobody had an idea about it. And I told my entire group um, about this app and I got the exact opposite responses from two different people. Um, one, one person, Master Sergeant, showed a whole bunch of interest, wanted to know all about it, downloaded it right there on the spot, had me walk him through it. Somebody else said, I'm not gonna dirty up my phone and download that. I said, okay, we can't we can't require you to download it, but that's such a huge like generational change where one person in a much older generation was very interested in seeing this new thing that was going to make it easier and make it easier for communication and for accessibility and bringing all the resources in the military together. And the other one basically told us like it was like an insult and like didn't want that dirtying up his phone, like dirtying it like it was a piece of trash. And so, have you guys seen this type of? conflict and generational like discussion in the military and if so how can we break that down and use the best of all of our generational knowledge to make our units as successful as they can be and in PA, PA I think we've done a really really great job of that like for example Lieutenant Trujillo gives me a lot of free reign as a senior airman on things that I just have a lot of knowledge in and he knows that I have a lot of knowledge in and he doesn't but he's significantly higher ranking than me he's my su superior but he respects my knowledge and I respect his, his rank and his experience and we work well together. So how can we, in a whole in the military, take advantage of that and use that young experience, that young knowledge with the older generation experience and make us a more efficient and better like military? Whoever wants to start on that. That's a great question because that, that's the whole point of what the conversation is, is how do we, how do we break down the animosity and instead leverage? And I think key, the big R word, and 
if we're going to be a successful team, everybody on the team, regardless of what your rank is, mm -hmm. has to be focused on the mission and using every tool that we have at our disposable, at our disposal on our team, and that means people. In the Air Force, I, I tell people, it's, I work with the Army, and they're, they're a strange lot. Um, <laughs> we have a mission, you know? We've, we've got a mission. Our mission is to serve our state, to serve our nation, and I feel like in the Air Force, we primarily have a culture of, I want you to bring your energy, your passion, your knowledge, your skills, your experience. I want you to talk to me. Talk to me, Goose. Tell me what you see. What, because I've worked for leaders who said and acted, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm just the person who is in charge who can give you the resources that you need as you solve the problem. I'm gonna people, keep people off your back and give you what I need. So how do we, um, as individuals, whether you are a boomer or a millennial or even younger, how do you engage in your military environment, even if the person you're engaging with isn't cooperating? How, how do you engage so that we leverage different generations? Um, I think it's uh, just people need to have an open mind, communication, um, and I think everyone just needs to be able to have that open mind where you're talking to someone and they can't just like shut you down because I know a lot of people my age well some most people are like they're scared to say anything to like the older generation because they don't want because the older generation has knowledge but we're too scared to like um, like share our knowledge I guess is that more common in the military than it is in the civilian world um I would say in the military, like us being student flight, seeing people in uniform too, like we probably like are more scared to like show our opinions or like our knowledge, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I absolutely see a little, a little bit of that, absolutely. Um, walking around, especially my first drill, I'm like, who is what rank? I don't even know what these things mean. And slowly learning and getting to see where this, the, the respect goes mm -hmm. and that hierarchy that's there which is there but like you were talking about being able to sit at a table and you saying I'm not the smartest person on this topic <coughs> excuse me where that's just that's huge mm -hmm. and I think that's the coolest thing so far that I've seen in the guard being here has just proved when you're joining they're like this is a family this is a family as soon as I'm here it's a family Excellent. And I think that is what is the coolest thing about being here in the Air National Guard is, okay, now we have this family. We can step back, and it takes that little bit. There's that respect of a family. Yes. It takes that little bit of that hierarchy, that active of going to a new unit. We, we're all together often, and <coughs> excuse me, and for a long time, and yes. we're not switching units. And so that, I think, is a huge thing we have that is just going to benefit us yes it is an um, advantage I and agree. just being able to sit here and do this mm -hmm. i mean we're talking about this this communication and just being able to just sit here and be a part of this is just a huge step already yeah it's pretty cool isn't yeah it? <laughs> somebody else we haven't heard a lot from you aaron what do you think i mean i kind of feel like it has to come down to like actually proving yourself and like what you can actually do um i feel like with like my dad for instance um I couldn't really talk to him about a lot of stuff 
uh, me and my dad don't have like the best communication mm-hmm. um, due to the fact that he's older he knows everything and if I try to give my opinion um, he shuts me down right away right so I think that in order for us to be able to show our um, like what how we actually know what we're talking about is to actually show them mm-hmm. rather than anything else we need to prove that we can actually do a lot of stuff not just say it mm-hmm. and I think that I'll actually cause somebody to be close-minded to actually open their mind a little bit more to realize you know what just because i have a lot more um, experience in this life or in in this military um somebody coming up can have another opinion and we can go um, at it from a different angle Mm -hmm. instead of being uh having that tunnel vision and just going the route we've always been going um it's always better to uh be able to uh uh be open like broaden the, the doors you know what I mean open the doors a little bit more and be able to get everybody's opinion mm-hmm. um, me mm-hmm. as a business owner I like to be able to get my employees opinions on things that I can do better you know I don't like to sit there and be the arrogant the arrogant boss and just be like this is the way it's always been done this is the way it's always only going to get done because that's not the way it should be uh, as a former CEO as well I, I always looked up to my to my superiors and actually um I would actually tell me, you know, I, I love the way you guys are doing this, but at the same time, what if we change it like this? And I've actually had run-ins with my captain where he would tell me that's not going to work. But then I would talk to my sergeant, and then we would actually do it, and they'd be like, okay, so it worked. So now let's try to change a little bit of strategies. So I think it's more about um, being able to show somebody that you can actually do it rather than just say it, mm-hmm. and I think that can actually open somebody's mind up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point that you bring up. We've been focused um, on communicating ideas, and that's another way to approach somebody who's decided to shut down, and that works really well in the military environment, I think, is if you can, if you can show someone without words, um, you can maybe break down some of those barriers that you maybe wouldn't be able to, whether it's a chain of command issue or it's just a personality issue. That's a really good point. Yeah, and I... Like for me, when I was working as a as a CEO, it was like very difficult because um, I didn't want to do something without uh, with like getting repercussions. So like I didn't want to do something across the line and then get in trouble for it. But I felt like it was also critical for me to be able to like help out as much as I possibly could in order to be able to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like us as like student flight and barely coming in um, to our superiors, we don't really we don't want to cross that line. But at the same time, it feels like sometimes that line needs to be crossed in order for your people to understand and be able to get um, that um, mindset of, you know, sometimes change is good. And sometimes mm-hmm. change in a certain direction is better than mm-hmm. what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. So let's look at, let's sit down and what, see what we've been doing and how we can actually better it. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting that you've got some pretty high stakes experience, both in corrections and in the military. And um, I think it's important that you make that distinction, that you can't necessarily go off on your own and cause a situation that could be dangerous or detrimental to the mission because corrections, the military, the stakes are higher. Um, it's, it's interesting that you make that distinction so that you're not, um, sometimes young people are uh, dismissed by their older generations as irresponsible when I think often you're just trying to force engagement in a different way, in a new way. 
um, but with a little bit of life experience, particularly law enforcement, firefighting might be some of those high stakes um, arenas. You've got to be sure that when you make the decision to force a, a different way of looking at something that you're not going to endanger the mission. That's, exactly. that's some maturity, I think, and life experience at your level. Something really, really quick to go off of that is something he brought up was another benefit of being guard is we have, full, a lot of us have full-time jobs. And a lot of us have full-time jobs in these things that we're talking about and we might have more experience with. And yes. so I think that is a huge benefit. Of, yes. It, it kind of opens up that communication a little bit more. Absolutely. I don't know. When I was in the Army, it was uh, do this, do that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it because you know there there wasn't any you just did what you were told right no um, dialogue yeah no dialogue at okay. all uh whatsoever it was just do it or repercussions mm. you can either choose to do it or not but consequences afterwards for the latter do you think that that type of dictatorial communication has any place in the Air National Guard, is there anything that we can learn from that? Um, I would say yes and no, because if you just leave it free, if you're telling somebody that they need to go and get something done, and but you don't, there's no, like, you're not putting any authority to it, you know, half the time it's not going to get done. Mm. But you can't be too forceful with it either, especially now with uh, with these younger generations uh, it it worked before, uh, especially with like uh, just the way that society was. It was you got it done, no ifs, you just did it. Mm-hmm. And now they now there's options. I think um, that uh, it works, but it doesn't. You can't be too forceful with it, but you can't be too lenient either. Mm-hmm. Balance mm-hmm. wasn't that Lauren? You said balance. Okay, so in your in your experience in each of the branches, is there anything that we're doing? What could you identify in the in the Air Force side, or maybe even specifically in the Guard? What are we doing well that you see from an Army perspective? Um, everybody's a lot nicer. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of please and thank yous going around, and it's like, um, wait. Did you just tell me thank you? Excellent. You I'm just happy say, to hear please? that. Please? <laughs> I'm confused. I think I need to go and uh, talk to my psychiatrist about this because I feel very uncomfortable now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's one thing that I've definitely noticed is I'll just in general, like, everyone's a lot nicer. Okay. And from somebody that's not used to it, it was definitely uncomfortable at first. Interesting. Well, you know, as uh, from uh, just from coming from the army, from coming from active duty, especially uh, when I joined was during the surge mm. uh, back in back in '06. So you know everybody was joining, but you know you had a lot of those people that had already been in um, since uh, um, since Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. You still had that old school mentality. Yes. Uh, we're going to beat it into you, and if you complain, well, we're just going to beat you some more. Right. Um, so coming from that kind of attitude, 
uh, just that whole mentality. And then coming in now, it's uh, into the Air Force. It's like, wait, what? Did you feel like you were off balance by that messing structure? Is that yes. what maybe you're describing? A, a, a little bit. It was like, wait, why isn't somebody yelling? Why isn't there somebody doing push-ups right now? Like, I'm confused. I'll do push-ups with you, for <laughs> sure. I'm not going to yell at you. Though. Yeah, <laughs> see, and, see and, and, and there you go. You'll do push-ups with me. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, do push-ups till I get tired resting on this wall. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler? How about you? Let's have you weigh in on this. How do you feel about taking some ownership? Is it something that you're comfortable with? Have you had any experiences maybe trying to change the dynamic of a, of a less than positive communication? Right. Um, obviously, I don't have much time in the military. I'm still in student flight and everything. Uh, I haven't gone to basic yet. So it's not like I'm totally familiar with the, um, the whole structure of it. But um, something personally that I like to do in my personal life, uh, if I have an idea or something, like if I'm at my civilian job, um, like if I have an idea on something, I, I just think to myself, well, why not just do it? Just And um, if, it's, if it's something that doesn't have high stakes, just do it. If it works out better, it works out better. You can continue to do that. Mm-hmm. If not, then you still have the old ways um, to rely back onto mm-hmm. that have been proven to work. So take a risk. Yeah. Try it. Exactly. Do you have, um, do you naturally weigh the stakes or does your youth and your passion, do you personally, does that kind of override your? Um, I think, I think naturally the youth and passion kind of overrides it, but definitely the stakes is something um, that I try to think more of. It's, it's kind of like a human nature thing. Just, I have this, just take it and run with it Mm -hmm. when I think everyone uh, should be able to stop and think um, what could this cause, what benefit could this have to us on any type of the issue. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. Anybody else? Yes, sir, Michael. Um, I wanted to speak off of uh, something that, that other Michael yeah. has mentioned <laughs> earlier, had talked about. Um, I, do, of course, do not have any prior service in the military. Um, I am also, you know, student flight, haven't gone to basic yet. Um, I do come from a, from a military family, so to speak. It kind of skipped a generation, but uh, you know, I have an uncle who was in my household growing up, who started in the army, moved to Air Force, went on to retire. Mm-hmm. A grandfather who um, who served in uh, Korea, and um, to what Michael was saying, um, in that household, it was very much that mentality of do it, and you know, why? Because I told you so. Do it. Yes. Um, you know, you get in trouble for asking why. Right. Um, whereas now in the in the newer generation, I think that we we do enjoy being able to know the why. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there there are situations where you know you you just need to act because mm-hmm. um, you know the stakes are higher. Right. Um, but um, I think that it, it can go a little bit both ways. Whereas uh, you know, someone asking why may seem um, disrespectful to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas that could be an opportunity um, for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone may not be asking why because they don't want to do it or they don't see the point. Um, they may be asking why to try to engage their mind and their own knowledge um, to maybe think of something better mm-hmm. um, or a better way to do it, um, a better reason for it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, sometimes some processes do get outdated at times. Yes, absolutely. Um, so whereas, you know, the, there has to be that respect, um, of course, for your superiors, especially in a military situation, mm-hmm. um, it can go both ways with, uh, with the newer generation, mine, I would say, and the ones after me. Um, there, there could be value to that question of why. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's it's not always um, it's not it's not always just disrespect and right. uh, discounting it as disrespect. It, it, you could be missing an opportunity for improvement. Yes. yes, absolutely. Tyler, you're I think you're our technology geek in the our technology expert in the group, and there's a lot of value. We've got um, an old school issue of national security. Well, we've got new tools that I don't know anything about. Tyler, engage with this issue and tell me the tools that we've got available that I don't understand. So we diminish our lethality if we don't engage with our young people, every age range in the spectrum. And as you mentioned, Lauren, um, every life experience. It, yeah, we diminish our lethality if we don't take advantage of that. Yes, sir. Um, building off of what he just said and then what Lauren was talking about in the previous uh, segment, I, just some idea has popped up. It's just like um, I think when you stop questioning and learning and start blaming and kind of demonizing, that's when like the effectiveness stops happening. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't have said that any better. I cannot possibly agree with you anymore. I think what you just said, that one sentence, wraps up the entire desire I had to have this conversation. Um, Cool, that is all the time that we have for today. So thank you to all the student flighters who have come in, everybody that came in to talk with uh, Master and Sander. And thank you, Master and Sander, for uh, having this conversation with our new and incoming airmen and uh, sharing your knowledge with all of us. Is there anything that you want to leave us with today? There are a couple of things I want to leave you with. I want to echo, echo um, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for enlisting in our, in our military. It's important to me um, as I exit to, to remind people that you are the future of our nation, of our community, of our force. And we will impact our lethality. We'll impact um, the cohesiveness of our communities and our families if we shut down and we, and we don't engage with everybody. Um, I was raised like you were, don't question. Just, just do what I told you to do, don't ask any questions. Um, I raised my boys who are 35 now, so they're a little bit older than the millennials or maybe they're millennials, to ask questions ask. Um, So why on earth do we get to the point when they're children, ask questions, and I'll explain the world to you. When they're young adults and they ask us questions, why are we offended? So I would like to just close with this, and this is kind of a challenge to you as the leaders of the future. You will, in your civilian life and in your military life, you're going to work for leaders, for supervisors who are amazing leaders who inspire you, who enable you, empower you to be the best you can possibly be. And then you are also, I guarantee you, going to work for people who don't do that, who are closed mind, who don't want to hear your questions, who don't want to engage with your intellect, 
and your experiences and your education. So what I would ask you to do is learn from both of those leaders. Take what works well for you and make that part of your leadership style. And then parenting's the same way. Take what shut down your um, want, your desire to engage and to bring out the best in you and make sure that that doesn't become part of your leadership style. So when you are senior master sergeants or first sergeants or officers um, 10, 15, 20 years from now, please, please remember what it was like to be 18, 19, 20 years old um, and engage with the generation that's coming behind you. So thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir.